Welcome to the Functional Medicine and Natural Healing Podcast, where we share the secrets to upgrade your digestion, improve your hormones, restore your immune system, and detoxify your body. I'm your host, Dr. Houston Anderson. Now let's get started. The following discussion is for educational purposes only. It is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or disease process. Always discuss any medical treatments or medical interventions with your personal physician. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Dr. Houston Anderson, chiropractic physician, functional medicine practitioner. Um, today we're going to get really controversial really fast. Um, but first I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, AMG Naturals, available on Amazon.com as well as in your functional medicine practitioner's offices. If it's not, tell your doctor to give them a call and get them in their office. Okay, so let's talk about female hormones today. Female hormones are probably... One of the most important yet most misunderstood uh, concepts that exist. And and we're going to do this in a three-part series, just like the articles on my website, drhoustonanderson.com. You can find more information on this in part one. So just let's, let's just start right out with blowing your mind. There is not a single lab on earth that I know of, and I'm happy for you to argue with me, um, that properly measures estrogen and progesterone. There is not a single lab on earth that properly measures estrogen and progesterone. And, and I'll kind of tell you how we got to that, but um, it's important to know that, right? So people come in and say, most common thing that walks into my office, and maybe this is you, um, oh, I went to my doctor. My doctor says I have no progesterone. My doctor says I have no estrogen, right? It's zero on the charts, or it's very, very low. Um, and we get this with testosterone too, but I'm not going to talk too much about testosterone today. We'll kind of save that one for the third episode and, and throw out some, some supplements, some testosterone, some libido stuff at the end there. But it's important to know that your blood labs especially are horrible. Okay. Those have nothing to do with how you actually feel. Um, and, and there's a reason why, and I don't want to get too much into it. The reason why is because hormones are primarily, um, located inside tissues, right? They're not located in the bloodstream. So the proper way to actually do hormone testing would be do a biopsy, but guess what? We don't do that. Okay. So in the article, I go through like just some basic things where, um, we often talk about the ratio. So if you are using blood labs, you can talk about a progesterone to E2 ratio. And, and there's some random number that ranges anywhere from 100 to 400 that people use as a ratio where they want your progesterone that much higher than your estrogen. Now, I will say, like, if labs were accurate, that seems like a good range. Um, but 100 to 400 is like fourfold chains, and it's pretty significant, right? What, what difference that makes. Um, so let's first just go over some of the symptoms of maybe some hormonal imbalances, mood changes, right? Um, anxiety, nervousness, irritability, depression, migraines, a huge one there, hot flashes, low libido, menstruation problems, right? You have a short menstrual cycle, less than, you know, I don't know, less than 26 days. Um, you have a long menstrual cycle, 32 days or more. You have heavy bleeding or just spotting, either one, right? Or just irregular. Oh, I have a, a menstrual cycle this month, then I don't have one next month. Okay, PMS, right? So I, I get in a lot of trouble with this one, but I will tell you that PMS symptoms are not typical. PMS symptoms are signs of abnormal health. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you, right? It just means that hormonally, there is something wrong with you, but, but there, you know, I'm, I'm not here to, to say that we can't have PMS symptoms and still be awesome people. Um, 
once again, I'm a guy coming at this, right? And, and I'll tell you, actually, I don't have this, I don't have this in this article, but one of the reasons that as a male, I feel qualified to even talk about female hormones um, is because one, I don't think many doctors listen, right? And I feel like I'm a decent listener. And then two, um, what I find is that almost every female practitioner, um, mostly in the traditional medicine world, you know, so your OBGYN, because they see a lot of uh, sick people, um, they almost always associate their story with your story. So I have no idea what a menstrual cycle feels like. I have no idea what, what my internal hormones should feel like during that kind of fluctuation. Um, but what I find is that if a practitioner has PMS symptoms, like something like cramping or bloating or irritability, things like that, um, that they're like, oh yeah, it's okay that you have that. Every woman has that. But if you ask enough women, so, you know, some people are like, oh, my whole family has that. That doesn't count either. But if you ask enough women outside of your family, you'll find women that have no symptoms at all every month. Okay. So let's, let's just talk about that just because we're already here. I don't want to go too crazy on, on PMS today, but what I always tell the women in my office is what I like to get you down to is one day of symptoms. Okay. So I truly believe that people can have obviously symptom free menstrual cycles each month. Um, but it is a lot of work. So what I say is if we can get you from having a week of symptoms down to a day, we can tough out that day. And, and overall, you're pretty close to healthy, um, rather than worrying about trying to get it perfect every month. Cause that really can be a lot of work that comes down to perfection and diet, perfection, supplementation, perfection and lifestyle, which is just really difficult. Okay. Menopause symptoms are also signs of hormone imbalances, but they kind of switch a little bit from just traditional hormones to more of an adrenal problem. Um, that many women are suffering with, like it's bad timing. Uh, menopause is bad timing, right? So you're like about 50 years old, maybe a little bit older going through menopause and you're already tired and all your hormones switch from ovaries, uh, ovarian production, mostly to adrenal production. And you know, if you're already tired, you're going to have a horrible transition, right? So just something to know there about the hormones. Okay. So standard natural treatment for progesterone and estrogen ratios. Okay. I, I can't believe I wrote this article in 2018. I hope to update it later this week. But um, if you check it out, it says that in 2018, the go-to standard of treatment for estrogen dominance or any hormonal imbalance is hormone replacement therapy. Okay. I'm going to do a quick um, shout out. Like I said, I'm going to get super controversial in this one um, to all the natural practitioners and invite you to start balancing hormones without hormone replacement therapy. Okay. We have a lot of, a lot of natural practitioners, naturopaths and, and functional medicine doctors that are listening to this podcast. Um, and, and I just don't believe that in the majority of cases you need a prescription hormone replacement therapy. Um, now, obviously, if your whole practice is based upon that, you, you can't stop it because it's how you make all your money because it's an easy, lucrative field to make money in. Uh, but the reality is hormone replacement therapy should rarely, if ever, be, be used in someone that still has ovaries, adrenals, and a uterus intact. Okay. Obviously, there's exceptions to this rule. Um, there's always an exception in functional medicine, and there's always someone that has some unique health problem. But don't let me, don't let me confuse that statement with the fact that you're probably not the exception. So if you're a patient listening to this or you're a person listening to this, you are likely not the exception. Like 99.9% .9 probably not the exception unless you know for sure. Like, oh, I was 12 years old and had ovarian cancer and had my ovaries removed. Okay, now these things make sense, right? These are very rare situations, but we run into them um, and we have to uh, uh, kind of deal with them as they come and go. But so here's the thing. Um, because we don't have accurate lab testing, 
Um, and, and I'll talk about this. Something that I've updated is, is we'll talk about Dutch testing in the next one, um, which is a great test for one thing. And I don't want to tell you what it is for right now because we're going to save that for the next episode. Um, but one of the problems with hormone replacement therapy that I want to talk about today is the fact that we're, we stop looking for the root cause. Hey, we've just accepted that the body's getting old and that that's just the way it is. But, but I would question, you know, you know, thousand years ago, were we using hormone replacement therapy in the dosages that we're using now? Okay. The other, the other kind of uh, argument that I get oftentimes is like, well, yeah, I mean, I don't have to go on hormone replacement therapy, but you know, who doesn't want to feel like they're 30 till they're 60. We now have these anti-aging technologies that we need to use. There are better anti-aging technologies. You could actually feel way more amazing than hormone replacement therapy. Hormone replacement therapy um, has a lot of negative side effects, um, but that's not the story. The anti-aging effect of hormone replacement therapy has a problem. And that is when you add more hormones to the system, you have to detoxify the system more. The problem is with a 60-year-old female with 30-year-old hormones and 30-year-old testosterone is that she still has a 60-year-old liver. So it's important to know that your organs are all aging, right? You can't anti-age them with hormone replacement therapy. There are ways that we can do anti-aging technologies. There are some really cool things that we can do these days. Um, and maybe, you know, in another podcast, in another series, we'll go over those because that's kind of like a fun thing to dive into. But we're not doing that in our functional medicine podcast and natural healing podcast. Um, but any prescription d- drug, specifically hormones, hormones, even if they're natural, right? So that, we'll talk about that. It, it, they overburden the liver. And by overburdening that liver, you end up with inflammatory disorders, you end up with free radicals and any, and you need more antioxidants than ever before. So like I said, the 60-year-old female, the 70-year-old female, the 50-year-old female, they have a 50-year-old liver. And if you take a 50-year-old female and you put 25-year-old hormones in them, they're a lot higher than what they were. So, you know, I think I think we're a little bit off if we think that menopause is a bad thing, right? That is a natural thing that has to happen in the body. Um, and once again, this can go against a lot of functional medicine practitioners, but we're talking about a holistic approach. And that's why I have natural in the podcast name, because we're, we're not messing around with this. We're talking about like, what is really the body designed to do? Okay. Okay. So, so let's talk about, and I really just dive into it with, with this, with the article. We say, what really causes 95% of all hormone problems in females? And this is a super simplified model. Um, but it's a simplified model that should work for almost all practitioners. And that's the crazy part, which means it works for all your patients. Um, sometimes it just takes a little bit of time, depending on how severe the hormone imbalances are. Most women um, don't always come in complaining of hormonal imbalance. In fact, they may even say like, oh, my hormones are pretty, pretty happy. My hormones are pretty good. Um, and the reality is that that's because they, they assess that, you know, a little bit of pain with menstruation, a little bit of pain with uh, ovulation is acceptable. Um, they don't really know what that is, or they'll find that, that mood changes or cramping, bloating, breast tenderness, all of that, they feel like that's just what everyone gets. Um, but if you were to come to my office and you were to say you have any libido problems, any hair problems, right, or even like specifically growing facial hair or losing hair, or you have cramping, bloating, tenderness, mood swings, etc. we're going to suggest in my office almost always that it's elevated estrogen. Okay. Now this isn't much different than what everyone else is saying in the natural and functional world. Okay. They always talk about that, that estrogen to progesterone ratio. The difference is that most of them will add progesterone in an effort. So uh, actually, let's just give you the spectrum of what really exists out there. 
So the novice practitioners, um, someone that really knows nothing about hormone balance, that's just a, a lab test person. They're going to run your labs. You're going to get blood labs. Those blood labs are going to come back. You're going to show that you have low estrogen um, for multiple reasons, not just because it's in the tissue, but there's other reasons why it shows up. But you're going to show up low estrogen, and then they're going to supplement estrogen. That's level one. That's I see that mistake all the time. Okay, um, They're going to say, oh, look, see, we tested your estradiol E2, and it showed up low, and so we're just going to add E2. Seems like a good answer, right? If they're even um, less aware of side effects, they'll also add some estrone, which is which is the E1, um, which is one of the more dangerous hormones to add to your story. So I want I want you to know that, right? So realize that once again, this podcast for educational purposes only, and these are all my opinions, right? These are not necessarily um, what I see out there. And and yes, could we demonstrate that the research supports all of this? Of course. Okay. So level one is going to be the fact that you're going to run into these hormone imbalances, someone's going to just try and add estrogen to the story. So if you have a second level kind of story, meaning like you have a practitioner that's played this game a couple times, um, usually they're almost always going to add progesterone to the mix. And progesterone is probably my favorite hormone. If you were to say, if I was going to do hormone replacement therapy and I only had one choice, I would say progesterone is the one that I'd rather add to the hormone imbalance. And the reason why I would like to add that is because it seems to have the least amount of side effects and it does essentially accomplish the, the goal of balancing a progesterone to estrogen ratio. Okay. So, um, that's kind of like level two. Someone will do, uh, add a little bit of progesterone every once in a while. I'll get a female in here on, um, just testosterone, which is like probably my least favorite protocol for hormone imbalance. Um, it does improve some things. It gives you a little bit of energy, gives you a little bit of increased libido. It gives you a little bit of a overall drive to kind of wake up and go in the morning, which is what people are looking for. Um, Here's the catch I want to throw out just because it's there. Um, if you take hormone replacement therapy, you will eventually develop hypothyroidism. Okay. This is common in all of my patients. So yeah, I want, I want you to know that. So if you've been taking hormone replacement therapy for two or three years, I would guess not all, but maybe 80% of women are going to develop a thyroid disorder, right? It's a thyroid disorder caused by hormone replacement therapy, but I don't want to get too much into that. Okay. So let's say that you're actually dealing with a good kind of doctor and, and they, they have some experience in hormone replacement therapy. Um, they'll probably give you a blend of estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. That's what I see there is most common. Um, but if you're a female that's just on estrogen, um, you're likely seeing a practitioner and, and you don't have any other balancing hormones like progesterone or liver support or over the counter, um, like, kind of like herbal remedies that, that are helping to do that. You're probably at, you know, I don't know an entry-level practitioner. And that, that's, I mean, once again, if they assessed it properly, that's fine. But that practitioner over a period of time should notice that every time they give women estrogen, they get more symptoms. The catch is this, no one talks about other symptoms, right? So once again, the lab test says you have low estrogen. So why not give someone low estrogen? And 100% is supported by the quote unquote, the science. Um, but when you add this estrogen, all of a sudden people have mood changes, right? But your your hormone replacement therapy doctor doesn't necessarily coach you on emotions, right? It, they don't actually address your relationships. Um, and, and I, I will give that warning since I just mentioned relationships with testosterone therapy. I can promise you that I've had patients that ended their marriages and relationships because of testosterone therapy. What happens is that the same thing that happens with testosterone therapy in males, there's more aggression that comes with it. Um, and, and of course, once again, every female tells me like, oh, well, I'm on the lowest dose. You know, the lowest dose is still a very high dose, um, regardless of what your doctor says. And, and that, 
that's an important thing to know. So testosterone does make females more aggressive. Um, if it works with your personality, if it works with how your relations work, if you're the CEO of a company, great. You know, then, then that testosterone is probably helping you to some degree. If you can't figure out why you can't stop lashing out or why you have elevated emotions all month long, not just specifically with a menstrual cycle, and you can't figure that out, um, then you may want to think about your testosterone therapy. Just want to throw that out there. Um, but if we go back to really, how do I prefer? So we talked about how the doctors generally treat it. They'll, they'll, they'll add estrogen, they'll add progesterone, and then they'll add kind of like all three hormones, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. Once again, lots of ratios, lots of ways, trochies, creams, oral. There's a lot of ways to get these pills into you or these medications into you. Um, but it's important to know that when we go a little bit deeper into it, how I prefer to treat hormone imbalance 95% of the time, which means like probably any female under 70, any female that still has organs intact, um, reproductive organs intact, we're going to do the opposite of that. Rather than add hormones, we are going to subtract hormones. And it's really controversial. No one understands how in the world am I going to take estrogen out and have better estrogen symptoms. I had the question yesterday. Hey, you found that I was elevated estrogen. We're going to detox estrogen, but I have some dryness, right? So I have some dryness that I need to address. And, and the reality is this, when your estrogen gets built up in the system, you're unable to create new hormones. And if you can't create new hormones because your body assesses that you have a lot of estrogen already, it won't create them in the proper ratios to accomplish what your body needs to accomplish. Now, Specifically with that patient, dryness can have a, has, has a lot more complicated factors to it, right? There's a lot of things that you can do with it. Um, it's not just a hormonal story. It can just be a simple inflammation story, right? So take a, a patient that has like Sjogren's syndrome, which I treat a lot of Sjogren's syndrome, um, and dryness of the eyes, dryness of the mouth, dr vaginal dryness, all of that has nothing to do with hormones specifically. That's all a toxicity syndrome. So there's more to that. But but it's important to know that how I prefer to treat all hormone imbalances and 95% of women, as you'll see in the article, is to lower estrogen. Estrogen gets built up. So you may be thinking, oh, there's no way that I have high estrogen. I just tested and it said no estrogen, right? We're going to keep going back to that story because it's so common. Um, the reality is it's not necessarily about simple quantity of estrogen in the blood and even urinary estrogen can have its own problems. Um, but the secret that you're looking for when it comes to estrogen is, do you have tissue deposition? So do you have an extra 10 pounds of weight on your body? So if I, if, if this is the general population listening to my podcast, that should be, you know, 80, 90% of the population has an extra 10 pounds of weight on their body. That's where your estrogen is stored. Estrogen is stored and created in fat cells. So if you have fat cells um, that are, you know, excessive and, and I, you know, there's no real official way to say how much fat cells are too many fat cells, right? There's, there's no real way to do that at this point in time. We can do body composition. And so what we do as a gross measurement, which really makes people mad because people don't like it so much because a lot of people don't fit in this range is, you know, just look at the BMI ratios. So if you're within a normal range of BMI, we'll just say that maybe you don't have elevated estrogen. Um, maybe it would make sense that you do. That being said, 
what causes estrogen dominance. We'll go over the next couple podcasts, but I just want to throw out some of these like game changers for you that, that we're not going to add hormones to a hormone imbalance. I'm not going to add to the problem, right? So think of it, think of it this way. If I had, if I made some, I don't know why I use lemonade. If I made some lemonade, um, that had 300 lemons and one cup of water, right? So very, very sour. Um, if I were to add a bunch of water to it, it would take, I don't know, like it's probably like one lemon per gallon if you were to make like stevia lemonade or something like that, right? So it's, you would have to add like, like a lot, a lot, a lot of water to get that ratio right. Truthfully, it's better just to remove some of that lemon to make your, your, your lemonade. And then it's the water ratio can stay similar. So you can boost the water a little bit. You could double the water rather than 300 times it. You could add a little bit of water um, and subtract a little bit of lemon juice. And you're going to have lemonade much faster than if you have to add water and water and water and water. Um, that's probably a bad analogy. I'll try to come up with a better one before the next podcast so you guys can understand your hormones a little bit more. But understand this. Uh, in the article, I have my three top favorite supplements for female hormones. Probably right now, they're all made by AMG. Um, it's it's artichoke extract. That's kind of the go-to. If people say it doesn't work, I say just take it longer because it will work. Um, Chinese coptis will kind of stimulate that gallbladder to kind of flush, which gets some of those hormones out into the circulation, can move through the bowels. And a new one that, that AMG added within the last six months is a product called Kalawala Immune. Kalawala Immune kind of is like the, the, the magical female hormone uh, pill. I always say like it doesn't, it doesn't detox, which is the main mechanism that needs to happen for estrogen imbalances and hormone imbalances. It doesn't support and detox, but it does decrease tissue inflammation, increases libido and makes your skin look younger. So who doesn't really want that? Um, but those are probably my three favorite right now, but everyone's going to get a different protocol. I'm not going to do that protocol on everyone. Um, but you, you know, everyone wants to know what, what do you take? What do you take? What's the secret? You know? And, uh, so probably the most common that, that my wife would take at home if she felt some hormonal imbalances would be artichoke extract. Um, and then, and then we kind of go from there depending on what else the story is. Um, so I appreciate you listening to the podcast in our next podcast. We're going to go over more part two of the article, and then we'll have part three. And likely I need to do a part four podcast because hormones could be an entire, you know, 500 episodes of podcasts in order to go through the details. What I want to give you guys is the things that you can actually implement, right? So things like follicle stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone, these things in the brain are really hard to alter. But if we can optimize our detoxification system and lower our estrogen via support of the liver system and the gallbladder system, and making sure that our bowel movements are normal, we're going to see a lot of improvement. And I'll get to all those details in that next episode. Thanks for listening this time, and I'll see you on the next podcast.